With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, it's Tony and Jenny Bruski from Real Ghost Stories Online. If you like this show, please consider helping us keep it on the air by becoming an EPP. That's an extra podcast person. You get a ton of bonus episodes and a brand new one every single week and exclusive video content as well. It's only $5 a month and you can sign up at realghoststoriesonline.com. Without our EPPs, this show could not go on and our expenses to keep the show going continue to go up. So if you like it and you want it to continue into the future, please consider signing up at realghoststoriesonline.com. Get all of those exclusives. I can guarantee you will absolutely love them. Thanks for helping keep Real Ghost Stories Online on the air. If you're already an EPP, thank you so much for the support. If you're not and you've been thinking about signing up, please do so now and allow us to continue to do this show for you every single day. Sign up to be an EPP on the website, realghoststoriesonline.com. And thank you so much for the support. stories online call in your real ghost story now at 855-853-4802 or write in at realghoststoriesonline.com you are about to enter the world of the unknown and quite possibly the undead this is real ghost stories online and on tonight's show did an urban legend actually become a true story for one listener a quick trip to the outhouse turns into a terrifying all-night ordeal. I've had some of those. It's not what you think. How do you know what I'm thinking? Because you always go gross. <laughs> so it's not gross. A shaman finds his son is the victim of a curse to which he returns the favor. And a deceased brother contacts his sister to relay a very important and time-sensitive message to family Thousands of miles away. Those stories, your calls, and more today on Real Ghost Stories Online. Tony and Jenny Bruski joining you once again. Hello. I kind of feel like the bathroom in, in our bedroom is outhouse-ish like. Why is that? Well, just like confinement size-wise. The stall. Okay. You know, where the, the toilet sits. Water the, closet. Is that what it's called? It's a water closet. It's a water closet. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, I, I never have heard that term before. It's where you have the separate room for the toilet within yeah. the master bathroom yeah. or any bathroom. Sure. Yeah, it's just, it's it's so, it, it's tiny, and then you kind of feel confined in there. And it's almost, you know, we could actually, we could do like barn board on the walls or something, make it really outhouse-ish. Barn board, and then a, <laughs> like a glow-in-the-dark moon shape that you put up there. It would be great. Yeah. And, just, and then like get one of those, um, uh, you know, the sound uh, pod things that sometimes you can buy on uh, Sky Mall. That produce random noises for helping you sleep, like crickets. Yeah, and frogs. like outdoor cricket and frog noises. Like maybe a coyote in the background or something. Yeah, be great. Every time you go into the bathroom, it activates it. I think I'd start using the one in the hall. <laughs> it would be so nature esque, though, honey. It'd be, it'd be great. I I would love it. It would be awesome. Great. It'd be just like uh, well, camping. You know, you have about houses at camping. Sometimes if you're at a campground, you're lucky you've got a, a facility. That'd be one of the uh, the nicer amenities to have. Mm-hmm. Okay. See, this is why I have never camped. Yeah. See, I will try it someday. <laughs> I'm not opposed to it. I'll have, have to bring an air mattress and I'll be, you know, have a microwave in there with me. Well, and we got to have what Harper calls an outside sleeping room. An outside sleeping room. We need Wi-Fi. Which is a tent. <laughs> exactly. It'll be great. Mm-hmm. It'll be all the comforts of home. Now, actually, if I, if I, you know, when we do camp, I don't want any of the, I do want the air mattress just because I want to enjoy the following day uh-huh. and not be completely sore because I will, if I'm on a hard surface, it'll be, I will, it'll ruin the rest of the day for me. Okay. That's all I ask. The rest of the stuff, I, I don't need Wi-Fi. I, I can deal with that. Okay. That. But I just, air mattress is my one thing I'd like. Okay. And running water. And, uh. By electricity. I'll drop you off at the Motel 6 <laughs> on the way to the campground. 855-853-4802 is our phone number at Real Ghost Stories Online to share your real ghost story with us. Of course, you can also 
uh, right on the website at realghoststoriesonline.com. Camping stories. That would be interesting to get as we get into the summer months. We had a good one not that long ago. Really? Well, do you remember that she was camping and they'd gone out late fishing and she went uh-huh. to the the outdoor bathroom facility? Yeah, 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 yeah. They were, yeah, I remember and that. there was a voice that was like, I can see you. I do remember that. If anyone has any camping stories, I'm just going to request that, formally request it. Okay, that'd and be good. Camping Ghost Stories, we could do some fun uh, stories uh, for the uh, for the months as we get close to the campfire season, if you will. Uh, 855-853-4802. Carolina writes in. Hi, Tony and Jenny. Love your show. Listen to it every day. And I have a story that uh, scared me for life, or scarred me for life, so, so badly so that I'll never have a pet ever again. Well, I'm sorry to hear that. That sounds like it would be fairly disturbing if you're going to take pets out of the, the world. Although I could see if you lived the life of what happened to that lady in the birds. I get it. Yeah. Or Cujo or Pet Cemetery. Okay, so it's not such a far fetch. Okay, my story begins when I was very young. I begged my parents for a sibling, but because they were so into their careers, they couldn't have the time to raise another baby. So they got me a dog that I named Gairu, Guru. Gyru or Gyru, something? Gyru, G-Y-R-U. Euro? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, like the little robot in a Dragon Ball Z cartoon. Yeah, I don't know. I don't I know, know nothing about that. Anyways, this dog was amazing. I grew up to be a huge German Shepherd. He was very smart and protective. Right before bed, he'd check the rooms in the house and come back to sleep on the floor right next to me. When I would feel scared, I would feel for him, and he instinctively would lick my hand to let me know everything was okay. Now, before I begin talking about the turning point of my love for dogs, I'd like to say that ghosts or demons never crossed my mind until the horrible night that haunts me to this day. It was a Friday night. I was 15. Parents were going out on a date, like every Friday, so it was normal. But before they left, my mom was feeling a very weird energy. My dad would immediately dismiss it and tell her, you just need a drink, so they left. I was alone with the dog, and he started acting strange. He'd growl and run off around the house like if he was chasing something. I thought maybe he needed a walk, so I took him out. Oh boy, it was hard to walk him. He'd pull back on me or go around me like if he was chasing something off, which annoyed me so badly. I turned around and went home and decided it was was bedtime. Except this time the dog didn't want to check the rooms. He wanted to just stay with me. I started hearing noises like bangs in the distance that seemed to get closer. And they all came in groups of three, which the dog would growl at. Then I started hearing a faint water drop coming from the whole bathroom. The dog bolted to go investigate. He came back a couple minutes later and the drops were getting louder, almost like they got thicker. Only this time the dog did not go check. I began to feel an overwhelming fear. Still don't know why. It scared me so badly that I started feeling for the dog because I wanted to feel his comforting lick. Only this time, he took a little longer than usual to lick me. So with my fear and curiosity booming, I went to go check why those water drops were falling so heavily. When I got the nerve to open the bathroom door, the drops just got louder and just became constant drips, almost becoming like a pouring noise. I called for the dog to help me open this door, but he wouldn't come. That should have been the sign to tell me to just leave it alone because the dog wasn't afraid of anything. I opened the door and I saw the dog hanging there from the shower head with his blood dripping down. I cried and felt evil around me. I couldn't move. I didn't know what to do or think. My parents came home and saw the disturbing image and took me out of the house. I didn't want to go back. My parents let me stay in my aunt's house until they found a place to move. And now that I'm older, I think back to that horrible night and regret not listening to the dog's warning of keeping me out of the house. He died because his best friend didn't listen. So his only choice was, was to protect me. And of course, the darker memory I question is, who the fuck licked my hand? So how does that story make you feel? Well, it's pretty sad that the dog, you know, got taken out by whatever the hell this was. Yes. I don't know if 
if it would make me not want to have a pet or make me want to have more pets. Really? Just because it's like... <sighs> I'd be very concerned that more things were like following or, or trying to get at me. Mm-hmm. And as, as horrible as it sounds, the dog was kind of the canary in the coal mine. Yeah, but then you would feel like you could never develop an attachment. Yeah, that's exactly right. It'd be difficult then to get close to the animals because you're afraid something's going to happen to them. So I get where they're coming from. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wouldn't, want, I wouldn't like want to get pets just to sacrifice them to some sort of evil thing. Going right. On. But um, I, I think I'd be very mixed mm-hmm. on on what I would be the right thing to do. Although, if that happens to you, that'd be fairly traumatizing, especially if you're young and, I mean, my God. What would you do? What would I do? Yeah. Oh, I'd probably not want to have any more pets either just because yeah. it's that traumatic. And she was very young when she got the dog. Yeah. So, you know, that's basically been her companion since she didn't have any siblings. Yeah. Um, But the part that gets me is the urban legendy part mm-hmm. where something under the bed was licking her hand when the dog was dead hanging in the bathroom. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. <laughs> I, I had a fear for the longest time of, of holding my hands off of my bed mm-hmm. to begin with. And I think I got over that at about 22 or so. <laughs> I finally was like, okay, I think we're pretty good. Yeah. And nothing happened. Um, but uh, until that point, it was always just kind of like, eh, you know, I'm afraid something's going to grab it or brush it or whatever. Sure. You know? So, yeah, that's something that's a story I don't want to think about before going to bed. <laughs> this really is not. Uh, 855-853-4802. That's our number here at Real Ghost Stories Online. If you're a new listener to the show, the way that uh, we keep the show going uh, every single day is our EPPs. Those are our extra podcast people. They uh, sign up on our website, Real Ghost Stories Online. Five bucks a month. They get a bonus episode every single week of the show sent to them. Access to our back archive of older EPP episodes. Some great, great shows. Um, and the satisfaction of keeping our show on the air. So if you like the show, please consider supporting it and keeping it going. Sign up on the website, realghoststoriesonline.com. Mercedes writes in, I've had some uh, unexplained experiences throughout the years, and I've heard stories from some of my family members. I don't think I'm that sensitive, but I don't know how to explain these things that happened to me. I'm only going to share a few this time. The first experience I'm sharing is the first experience I can recall. I was around the age of seven, and I lived in an apartment with my mother, brother, and sister. It was during the day, and I don't remember much before it happened. All I remember is going into my room and stopping because there was a white, misty figure beside my and my sister's bedroom window. It had arms and legs. They started to disappear at the knee, but I could see the torso and the disfigured head much better. It couldn't be sunlight because it was beside our bedroom, and we didn't have any mirrors in the hallway, so it couldn't be a reflection. I stared at the figure for a few seconds before running to get my sister, who was two years younger than me. She was in the bathroom, which was just a foot and a half away from our bedroom doorway. When we returned less than a minute later, it had disappeared. I'm not sure what it was, but I don't know how to explain what I saw. Another experience I had was when I was in middle school, but it was summer. It was just a week or two after another experience I had with my older cousin and my sister. I turned on the TV and fell asleep. At the time, it was my mother's old bedroom and I was sleeping alone. This was before I experienced any sleep paralysis. I thought I had awoken because I was so thirsty. It was all pitch black, though, so dark that I couldn't even see an outline of anything, but I knew where everything was. I'd gotten up because I was so thirsty, and once I got to the hallway, something strange happened. I realized that I was much shorter, about the size of a first grader, but I didn't realize I was dreaming. Once I get to the living room, which is when the hallway ends, right where there was a futon where my mother slept at that time, exactly when I reached the where to where she slept, I was pulled under the futon and I jolted awake with my mouth frozen in a scream. I'm not sure if it was paranormal or not, but it frightened me. I think it's pretty paranormal. Anytime you see a white mist, I think that that's pretty paranormal. Yeah, and the the mist then was, that was the factual that actually happened. Mm-hmm. The dream followed it. Yeah, the dream followed it. And I give more, 
credence to dreams when there is some kind of other paranormal activity sure that's gone on either before or after or during mm-hmm. you know if it was just dreams that's one thing unless you and somebody else are having the same dream or similar type dreams but when you see a white mist that's moving like that when obviously it's not you know fog or weather related <laughs> i think that's pretty paranormal yeah that's not uh that's not the normal thing you see out your window no fog doesn't do that doesn't have arms usually no but uh, very, very creepy. Thank you for um, for sharing that with us. 855-853-4802. If you like the show, please consider sharing it with a friend. If you care, you will share. There you go. Guilt people into doing it. Do you it. like that? No. Why? I'm not, I'm not guilting. I'm just saying, if you care, you care about the ghost stories. You're pulling your St. Jude's <laughs> No, I'm not. I'm Telethon not, stuff. I'm not. No, I'm. I'm doing more so of the. I need Sarah McLaughlin music in the background. The ASPCA. <laughs> yeah. No, which is a good cause. But um, seriously, though, if you like the show, please share it with a friend. That uh, helps us to uh, make a, a better show for you. Just saying it like that is better than the. Yes, it is. I could play like the Titanic music or something. No, and don't mm-hmm. start humming it. Okay. Don't. Hank Carson. I was walking in the woods at night around 1.30 a.m. to try to get my uh, to my outhouse. My house lacked sufficient plumbing because it was built in 1934. That would really suck, having to have an outhouse. I think I would have tried to update and add on a, a bathroom. Unless you're going for the themed room. The themed room. The themed outhouse, you know? Then you have the, the best of both worlds. No. I guess. The outhouse is about 300 yards from my house, and I always felt scared going out alone. Is it even legal to have an outhouse in, like, a, a city? I mean, I'm sure in the country, in your own land, you can do whatever you want. I'm assuming this is out in the country somewhere. Probably against a lot of HOAs. Yeah. <laughs> I would usually bring my dog. I wonder if it is, though. Oh, my God. Just read the story. <laughs> it's not even a long one. I would usually bring my dog, but he was barking and squealing, so I decided to leave him home. When in the outhouse, it started to shake slightly, and I quickly yelled, Who's there? No one answered, but the shaking stopped. I went outside, and there behind a tree I saw a glowing orb of light. I quickly locked myself in the outhouse and waited there for about five minutes. All of a sudden, the outhouse door started getting pounded on. I screamed and screamed, but it kept going on. For about ten minutes, the outhouse was shaking and being hit. It eventually stopped, but I decided not to leave for another four hours until it was daylight. I decided to do research and found out this outhouse was built on Native American burial grounds, which was defaced during the Civil War, where orphans would often play. Since the event in 1994, I've never gone back in those woods, and at night I swear I can still hear the sounds of the pounding. Okay, uh, it's so creepy as hell. That answers our question. It took place out in the country. Sure. What I was going to say about the HOA thing is, it's such an obscure thing. I wonder if that's like even on a lot of like HOA, because they have like those rule books, you know, where it's like pages upon pages upon pages of can't do this, can't do this, can't do this, can't do this. And they, they update them from year to year with bizarre shit that people have done the previous year. They go, oh, we got to add that to the HOA book, mm-hmm. just so no one else. That is, a, I think, somewhat obscure today's, this day and age. I wonder if most HOAs have an outhouse rule on there or if that would be one you do it. I'm like, oh, got to add that one next. I think they probably have an outhouse rule, but I think it would fall under the guidelines and restrictions of any outbuildings that are placed on the property, you know, like sheds and stuff. Mm. So as long as it's painted to match your house and it's, you know, up to code, you can have a toilet in your your backyard, I guess. Uh, Yeah, if it's up, yeah, sure. But you just can't have like the wooden rustic shack no no. and that to me is the true outhouse Mm -hmm. if it's if it's just a if it's a literally a structurally sound building with a toilet that's just a bathroom and i'm being facetious i don't think they want to deal with the outhouse issues in you know it's like a golf course bathroom at that when you have the nice it's a porta pot and i think that's probably against your hoa probably probably just wondering that would be a fun thing to do to somebody you don't like is have a porta pot put in their yard. <laughs> Just delivered. Mm-hmm. Like uh, people will, uh, then I swear for like for pranks, they'll put the, the pink flamingos in people's yards and yeah. you name it, mm-hmm. you know, TP the yards. Is that, yeah, porta pot someone's yard. It'd be an expensive prank. 
It'd be fun, though. I don't think they're cheap to rent. But, no. Uh, That's if you do it the legal way. Would it be... Would it be filled or would it be, <laughs> em- can you like request one filled? Like, hey, just get one from the event last weekend, you know, preferably a German fest where they had all the kielbasa oh. and oh. beer and I'll just take one of those and prop it down right there. I don't know. <laughs> Could you imagine waking up and there's a porta pot in your yard? You'd be beside yourself. It'd be hel- a hilarious prank call to make to a porta pot company <laughs> and record it and play it back on the air. Oh God, that'd be a good one. I should have done that years ago when I was doing that stuff. Because that would, it's just like, and you do it real serious, like, no, sir, no, and, and go into that whole spiel of mm-hmm. how you want one from German fasters. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously, really, this is really important. Yeah. Uh, 855-853-4802 is her number. Sarah writes in, my friend Ashley and I were using a recorder for the first time. We'd gone to a supposed haunted house before and a haunted bridge outside of our town. But I had never used a recorder. Just pictures or videos on our phone. We were at my house where I had heard countless footsteps and various noises. The first time we used it, we sat in the living room where the most of the noises had occurred. We went to the other room and when we played it back, we heard footsteps. You could make out the difference between feet on hard transitioning floor to carpet. Then we heard what sounded like someone picking up the recorder or messing with the mic. There was absolutely no one else in the house, and we made sure to take the cat into the other room with us so she wouldn't mess with anything. We heard some muffled voices, but we couldn't make anything out, and we were completely silent in the other room. Sometime later, we were recording again, and we were, again, the only people in the house. We sat the recorder on the coffee table and started having a normal conversation since most of the noises were happening while we weren't paying attention. A short while later, we started to hear noises above us. Mind you, this house was a one-story, no upstairs, no attic. Then we heard noises at the door, like someone or something scratching at the door or brushing up against it. Then, what happened next, I still can't explain. We were sitting a couple feet away from each other, and we were just listening, completely silent, and there was this huge flash of light, like someone set a spark off in our faces. It made a loud pop, and we both screamed because it startled us. After we regained our composure, we played the recording back. The pop was caught on tape, as well as many other noises. Scratching noises, some footsteps, there were some muffled voices, and there was a voice that was as clear as could be. It was a male, and it said, Robbie. And then there were some muffled words, guns, more muffled words, and then Billy. My friend was completely confused as to what it meant. I, however, was completely freaked out. My brother's name is Robert. He went by Robbie as a kid, and his best friend was our cousin, whose name was Billy. Billy was killed tragically by an accidental gunshot wound. Not sure if it was Billy that we were contacting, but it's an experience I'll never forget. I don't know if you'll read this, but I just wanted to say thank you for an awesome show. I listen to it at work, and it really makes my day go by fast. Keep up the good work, Sarah. Well, that's one heck of an EVP if you've picked out two people that you know and a keyword that had some, you know, validity to things that have happened. Having the meaning there. Yeah. I could see that being him, Mm -hmm. you know, and he's trying to communicate and and he's being smart about it and, and saying, okay, well, what, you know, what is the one word I could say after my name, uh, or my, my cousin's name that, uh, people would then connect the dots on, mm-hmm. you know, that are, you know, has meaning and that would probably be it. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, I, I think that's him. Yeah, I do too. I really do. Very interesting. Thank you for, um, for calling. And I wonder if they were able to share any of that audio with any of the family that knew. You know, that's a tricky thing that can be. Yeah. Closing for some people or closure for some people, but it could be too much. It could be others. opening up a whole other box of, mm-hmm. you know, something. It could. So, interesting story. Thank you for writing in and the kind words. Ralph writes into us Hello, Tony and Jenny. I've listened to your show now for about five months and have been hooked so bad that I finally became an EPP and would highly recommend it to your other non EPP listeners. Well, thank you. Thank you for sharing my past stories on your show. My parents, as you maybe know, are from Southeast Asia, specifically Laos. My mom grew up in the mountains of Laos. The climate there is humid all year round, 
And when my mom and dad came to the United States, they thought the world was going to come to an end because they've never seen snow before. Anyway, on to my story. My mom grew up in a small village in Laos with her dad. I have never met him because he passed away before the Vietnam War. Her dad was what we knew as a very high-level shaman. I know, uh, or a uh, necromancer wizard, is that right? Necromancer slash wizard. Necromancer slash wizard, okay. I know wizards sound sort of lame, but in Asian culture, they are very powerful and feared. This may sound dark, but in order to reach this high-level state of shaman, one must first become a shaman by being mentored by another. Then in order to achieve the necromancer, the person must sacrifice their firstborn child. This was something I could never forget because it was so strange and cruel to my Western sensibilities. But my mom rationalized it by, as, you can sacrifice your oldest son. Yes, you'll have to live with it, but then you can become very powerful spiritually, and you cannot protect your other children and family. Are we going to comment now or later? (laughs) Do you think that's how it was said? No. Okay. Uh, That would be a very disturbing thing to hear from mom. Yeah. At any point in time. Don't get the context wrong. In no way was this magic used for any dark and nefarious purpose. It was used for protection only and to also dispel any other curses placed on your family. Now that we have some backstory, we can go on to the actual story. One day, a Laotian man uh, came to my mom's village and asked the village chief, my grandpa, her dad, if he could rent out some land near the village to grow opium. My grandpa refused and the Laotian man uh, went on his way. Little did my grandpa know this man was also a necromancer himself. The strange man left with a lot of anger and animosity towards my grandfather and placed a curse on his second son. My uncle, the boy, fell terribly ill and was choking on his own blood and dying very slowly. My grandpa performed some rituals and the nearly no time cured my uncle. Through the use of his necromancy, my grandpa's spirits told him, who had placed the curse on his family. He was a Loatian man. My grandpa said in his native Hmong language, that son of a bitch, I'll teach him a lesson. How dare he? My grandpa then performed a ritual as well as placed a very terrible curse on the Loatian man and would ultimately seal the man's fate. A few days later, the man was bathing in a river with a waterfall above it. He was bathing right under the waterfall and had his head tilted up, letting the waterfall wash his face. He opened his mouth, and a giant centipede forced itself down his throat. He struggled and looked around for hundreds more centipedes. They were all coming at him. I'll let you all imagine what happens next. Sorry if it was too dark for your listeners and for you two. But my mom grew up with her necromancer father, which I think is kind of badass, but uh, doing what he had done to do in order to gain such powers must have been traumatic for him. But like my mom said, it was for the greater good. Thanks, Tony and Jenny. I hope I hear this on your show. I think your listeners will think twice about messing with the village chief deep within the mountains of Laos. I don't plan to ever be deep within the mountains of Laos. Not even on vacation? But if for some reason I find myself there, uh, well noted. Uh-huh. <laughs> well noted. And uh, I'm going to stay away from all the waterfalls and the centipedes. Hey, that was actually the inspiration for the TLC song. Don't go chasing waterfalls. You should have heard the original lyrics. Don't go chasing waterfalls. The centipedes will get into your insides and eat you from the inside out and destroy your soul. Please stick to the rivers and the lake. That's how it goes. Okay. They, they found that that other part that was just too long. It's just the radio edit. It sounded really weird when they were singing it. Okay. You know? And then, yeah. So. Good to know. <laughs> the original music video. Now, that was another one. That was pretty creepy, too. God. <laughs> 855-853-4802 is our phone number at Real Ghost Stories Online. Write it on the website as well at realghoststoriesonline.com. Laura Z writes in, hey, Tony and Jenny, I wanted to share a couple stories that involve my mom. I've written in a few times, but I think the stories about my family's experiences are so much better than anything I personally have experienced. First of all, let me start by saying that my mother is very sensitive. She can see auras, she senses energy that may or may not be obvious to others, and has an uncanny ability to know people. I mean really know people. Their intentions, their sincerity, and the like. Her siblings all call her, all right, 
B R U J J A Bruja. 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 I think so. Okay, which is a Spanish word for witch, but of course, say it with love. Anyway, my, uh, many of my mom's visions have uh, come to her in dreams, and uh, there have been many visions. The one that stands out is my dream that she had with my uncle visitor, Victor. Sorry, my uncle Victor. My uncle passed away uh, going on about 10 to 15 years ago now, and mom and he were very close. About a year after his death, mom told my dad and I about one of the dreams she had with him. He had appeared to her previously in dreams, but he would only do things like wave at her from across the room or she'd see him in a crowd. Nothing as detailed as the dream I'm about to share. Well, in the dream, he came to her and she and uh, said he needed her help. He said that mom needed to get a message to angels, my aunt and his wife. There were some very important documents that she needed to address. Mom told him, of course, she'd help, but what documents were they and where were they? He went on to describe where in the house they were. Let me just say that my uncle and aunt have their home in Costa Rica. My mom at the time was here in the States. Anyway, he continued to tell my mom that she needed to tell Angelis to go to their bedroom and look in the walk-in closet. In the far right corner under the bench seat was a safe box. In the box under some of the papers was an envelope. He told my mother... It very, it was very extremely important that Angelis read these documents and that she needed to do it ASAP. After hearing this, I told uh, my mom that she absolutely needed to call my tia, Spanish word for aunt. I and my dad were very curious what these papers were all about. A few days later, I asked my mom if she was able to speak to my tia. She said she did and gave her the message. She described exactly the location of the papers. Now, I should say, we have all been to my uncle's home, but of course, we knew nothing about their hiding place or the safe with the valuables. I mean, why would we? Apparently, my aunt had forgotten about this safe, too, because she kept asking my mom what she was talking about. There's no box in the closet. I guess my aunt was a bit skeptical of her deceased husband sending messages through my mom. My mom insisted and described everything just as it was told to her, and after a little while, my mother convinced her, and she reluctantly went. So, these oh-so-important papers were, in fact, very important. My aunt is a uh, Spaniard born and raised in central Spain, not a Costa Rican citizen. The documents were ones where my uncle had started the process of securing the property so she could claim everything as her own. Apparently, despite their marriage, she could not lay a legal claim to his estate without having completed a lengthy legal process. Well... The deadline to complete based on the initiation of the paperwork was in two months, and since she had lived here in the States for so long and had become a U.S. citizen, part of the process involved going to the State Department and the Spanish Consulate and the and, uh, to Baltimore for something else, and all those places are in the U.S. My parents were going to have to do all the U.S. running around for her while she completed the necessary errands in Costa Rica. My aunt was floored. She couldn't believe that these papers were there. She did not know anything about this, and that without my uncle's message, she would have never known anything and could have easily lost her home. Crazy, right? The other mom story is a quick one. One summer, I went to the beach for the day with some girlfriends. I had gone a little too far out into the water and ended up getting caught up in a riptide. I was terrified. I swam and swam and only managed to get pulled out even further. The waves were crashing over my head. Sometimes I could touch the bottom, sometimes I couldn't, and after fighting the current for what felt like hours, I told the girlfriend that was with me that I just couldn't anymore. I was exhausted and kept taking in water. My friend was so scared and started yelling at me to keep fighting while she hollered and waved her arms to get the lifeguard's attention. He eventually got out to us and managed to get us to shore safely. I was worn out and shaking from the fact that I just almost died. Fast forward to later that night, I was back at home and noticed I had a bunch of messages on the home phone. As I started to listen... To the phone, the phone rang with my panicked mother on the other end. She was hollering to me, asking if I was okay. She had been calling all afternoon because she'd gotten a horrible feeling about me. She said that she had suddenly at around 1 p.m. started to feel like she was choking and was panicked and short of breath, kind of like a panic attack. She said she knew something was wrong and it involved me. She was hysterical and insisted that dad not stop calling until he reached me. 
I guess mothers always know, huh? Regardless of the distance, because I was in Maryland and she was in Costa Rica. Things like this happen, either a dream or a feeling. Needless to say, we've all learned not to ignore mom's dreams or feelings. Thanks for allowing me to share this with you. I have lots more stories. We'll share another time. You guys are awesome. Thanks. I think that's kind of a comfort to have somebody in your family who does have that mm-hmm. ability. Yeah. So that, you know, they they kind of always have your back, I guess. Yeah. And they're the ones that I don't have a feeling. I don't have a good feeling about what your plans are Saturday or whatever. And you learn to listen and you find out why usually. And sure. it's really scary. Yeah. Especially if they're like telling you like, oh, don't do that. And it's something you've been looking forward to doing. Mm-hmm. You know, that that's kind of the bummer. Yeah, it's a bummer, but usually yeah. it'd be a bigger bummer if you had gone and something happened. It's like having a drug-sniffing dog. How's that? Well, you know, like they, they, they can sense things that other people can't, mm-hmm. you know, except and I'm not, not relating drugs into this by any means, but I'm just saying, you know, they can go around, they can be, you know, your friend, they can be a nice dog, you know, but then uh, they can also sense all these things that no one else can. And not all dogs have the ability to do that. But if you have one, that's a pretty amazing dog. Okay. Yes. It's like everybody has family members. You can, you know, and some are good, some are bad. Mm-hmm. For the most part, they're good. And, but if you have one that can have all these other abilities, that's pretty amazing. Not every, you know, not everybody has drug sniffing dogs. <laughs> Do you get my analogy? <laughs> I get your analogy. I just maybe it's not it, a great one, but I just find it interesting that the drug sniffing dog is the amazing cool thing that every family wishes they could have. <laughs> Who doesn't want an amazing drug sniffing dog? That'll really like when you get some unknown package on your porch, you know, or maybe bomb sniffing. I'd be more concerned with bombs than drugs. Okay. Amazing bomb sniffing dog. I don't know. Cancer sniffing dogs. They have those now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they have trained, you know, they've trained them to detect all kinds of things like diabetic seizures, regular seizures or diabetic episodes. I mean, it's amazing. The thing is most dogs can see ghosts though too. So Mm -hmm. they're already psychic. You just want Scooby-Doo. Kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of. Yes. Um, yeah, there you go. (laughs) 855-853-4802 is our phone number. Geneva writes in, hi, Tony and Jenny. I'm a university student and I'm relatively a new listener to your podcast, but I love to listen to it anytime I can. Running, painting, etc. I have three other roommates and all of our beds are in the same room. At the beginning of this year, we had a high school recruit staying overnight in the room with us. It's just we turned off the overhead light. One of my roommates said, are you serious? In response to something another girl had said, And almost as in response, we heard the voice of Siri on my Apple iPhone say, I'm always serious. Come from the corner of the room that has no beds in it. We were all confused, so we looked at our phones to see where the voice came from. No one's phone was on, and Siri and some phones were not even turned on. We understand that this doesn't sound very scary, and it's probably not related to paranormal activity, but... To this day, we cannot explain where the voice came from. There have also been some other weird things that we cannot explain. One time I saw a dark shadow move across my roommate's bed. We both have top bunks, and she was not on her bed at the time. Also, it's unlikely that it's a shadow from the window because we are on the third floor of a building. It was relatively dark outside. We have another room attached to our bedroom that is used for studying. Sometimes when... One of us is in the bedroom alone. We hear some rustling in the other room as if someone is at their desk shuffling papers around and no one is ever there. Several times we've heard loud thuds coming from the closets or fridge. When we open them, there is nothing disturbed or toppled over. The most recent event was my roommate. They were alone in the room and she heard someone climb up onto my bed, but no one was there. Most of these things are probably just noises coming from the hallway of our next-door neighbors or mice. We've recently had them in the building. But I thought I'd share our experiences, and I'm curious what you have to say. The residence hall we live in is probably from the 60s, so not too old, but it's uh, all cinder block inside, and the halls are not what I would describe as inviting. One One of my roommates has also taken to calling the ghost in our room Jeffrey. And we've even made the name tag for him on the door next to ours, so he feels welcome. 
Thanks for listening and keep up the good work, Geneva. Has things quieted down now that you've kind of made the name tag as a joke, but trying to make him feel welcome? And did that make him kind of cool it? I wonder. You know, just kind of, not that I'm saying you should, you know, go out of your way to make a ghost comfortable, <laughs> but if you've got to share your dorm with yet somebody else, mm-hmm. you know, you might as well try and make it as comfortable for everybody. Because chances are, uh, once you're gone, Jeffrey is still going to be there yeah. for the next people, so might as well make him feel at home. You know, and yeah, the 60s, I mean, that's not that long ago, but you've got to think, I mean... How many years does somebody stay in a dorm on mm-hmm. average, you know, three to four? And how many times that dorm's probably had a turnover? You get a lot of energy there. There's a lot of people going in and out of that place. Yeah. And there's a lot of people that die in dorms. I mean, natural causes, too. Yeah. You know, and it's not always necessarily known or public or, you know, or or not even natural causes either. I mean, sometimes, you know, there's... You know, suicides and things of that nature that go on in those and they're not documented yeah so well they're documented but they're just not public yeah you you really have to dig to find them it's not going to be like on the roster at the beginning of the building or anything like that yeah we've had enough um dorm stories we should put together a back to school or going (laughs) off to college special that'd be interesting yeah happy college days uh beware yeah (laughs) that would be fun that would be really good we should do that uh, 855-853-4802 is our phone number. Hi. Hey, you guys. Let me try this again. My name is Monica. I'm from the high desert in California. Um, I just tried to record a message earlier, and uh, it kept me off about 10 seconds then. So hopefully this comes across okay, and I don't ramble too much. Um, and as a side note, I'm driving down below, so if I cut off, I will call back. Um, to kind of rewind to some of the experiences that I've had at I was a kid, and more recently, I guess, um, my dad has periodically claimed that something might be following our family. I, who knows if that's at all true. He has some stories regarding some things that happened to him when he was back in South Carolina when he was a kid. And, well, anyway, I'm sure I can call back for those. Um, I can distinctly remember as I was growing up um, seeing shadows that, circling around my bed or up in the corner of my room, and it, they never really seemed to go away completely. Uh, I guess maybe I just got less sensitive as I got older. Um, the biggest stories I have come from my parents' house that they still currently live in, and I really can't bring myself to stay in at night. Um, you always got the distinct impression when you moved in there that there's something wrong. Uh, I did. Things like... Um, I don't know, hearing something around maybe or a door closing. Um, you know, we just kind of chalked it up to pressure variations in the bathroom, whatever it might be. My brother, though, had a bedroom that I later ended up taking, and he wouldn't sleep with the closet door open. And, you know, that's not too abnormal. You know, just see things in the shadows, you imagine things that aren't there. Um, but later, when I took that room, Things started to happen in the closet. Um, I was an avid collector of, well, really everything. Um, and I was very protective of my collections. And so when things started to get picked up and thrown around, like things that really shouldn't be falling down on their own, I was upset by it. Um, I should note that the reason why my brother wouldn't sleep with the closet door open is because he said he could see the face of an old man in there. Anyway, um, I eventually got to the point where I was just annoyed by whatever was going on with the things that I treasured so much at a time. And I was in the process of cleaning up something in my room, and my brother asked me what was wrong. And just having had to clean up another mess in there, I began to tell him. And not too long into my description of what was happening, um, the door popped open. I mean, it was one of those where they kind of folded in half to open up. Uh, he was incredibly freaked out. In fact, I remember he kind of launched himself backward a little bit and he looked at me accusingly and told me to stop it. You know, whatever I was doing, leave him alone. It's not funny. And I just looked at him and I said, watch, no, it's not me. Go check inside the closet and I guarantee you something will have fallen that shouldn't have fallen. He 
wouldn't do it. And sure enough, there were some things in there that, you know, had been moved, but shouldn't have been moved, have passed. Well, anyway, um, I put a Bible in there, and though I never had anything else happen as far as things moving around, I distinctly remember having a dream about the Bible that I had placed in there being torn to shreds. And needless to say, I was incredibly thankful when I saw that that, that was not the case. Um, much later, I moved away from my parents' house and was gone all of four months before I came back, and things really seemed to kind of go into overdrive. Um, at that point, my bed was three feet away from the closet, and I just really didn't think about it anymore. Um, but as I was falling asleep one night, I had a very vivid image, um, just half awake dream, I'm not entirely sure, of a guy. I, I was but not me. Um, and I remember being incredibly afraid of whatever was outside my bedroom window. And so I looked outside and there was a guy in a baseball cap, kind of modern looking, um, standing halfway from the sidewalk to the front of the house where my window was. And it was like in the dream, I guess. It was like the guy knew I was going to be looking at him. When I looked out the blind, he was just staring at me staring wherever I was going to be at the window. And I remember about that time, um, I snapped myself awake. And I remember saying aloud, God save me or God help me, something to that effect. And as I did, I became aware of a very heavy pressure on the pillow next to me, like a cat. Um, and as I awoke and uttered those words, whatever it was, it had this guttural sound come out of it, like it was angry or I have foiled, I'm not sure. Um, I never turned to look at it. I stayed on my side, on my stomach, um, just praying. <laughs> and I guess I, I prayed until I fell asleep, but I just knew that if I looked at it, I, it would be this thing with these red eyes staring back at me. And, Anyway, my mom is a skeptic to say the least, and I didn't bother telling her at first. Um, but she didn't see the next day that there was something wrong. I was really shaken up by something. I, I My coloration was off, and she asked me what was wrong. So I proceeded to tell her about the experience I had had the night previous. And she just kind of looked at me and said, that doesn't surprise me at all. In fact, I really feel like there's you're under attack by something, and well, that kind of freaked me out. Um, a couple of days later, I was awoken in bed again by the same type of growl. Um, it had moved farther away into the corner of my room, and after that second night of hearing it, I never heard that again, but needless to say, um, it was terrifying, uh, and sorry, my phone just had a weird sound that freaked me out for a second. Um, anyway, that's, I guess, the bulk of my stories. Um, as a side note, I can remember telling my dad about this years and years later, just, you know, kind of shooting the fat, I guess, and he also wasn't very phased by it. Um, he said that when he's at home by himself working on his videography that he can see a woman walking in the reflection of the monitors from the living room into the dining room and then turning the corner into the kitchen and he'll catch himself calling out to see if my mom's there or if she needs something and we'll remember that he's by himself. Um, as a second attempt, my dad also told me after when I, when I shared the experience about the growling animal thing, um, he let me know that he had had a dream in which something was there. Uh, it was me and him. I was kind of, I guess, in essence, what would be like the other room, quote unquote, um, in this planar existence in his dream. And he got the distinct impression that he needed to introduce me to whatever this thing was and to tell it that I was okay, that um, to leave me alone, in essence. I kind of blinked at him and I said, our <laughs> Are you serious? Did you ever do that? Did you ever go talk to him? He said, no. <laughs> Just, I mean, rather nonchalantly, but I didn't really think anything of it. I have weird dreams all the time. And, well, you know, 
wish you back. I really wish you would have. Um, so that's the bulk of my stories about that house. Um, things will still move there when I'm by myself and I have to go check the mail for them or whatever, almost like it's messing with me. But I have to call back with some of my other experiences, and uh, there's been too many to even really name off the top of my head. So I hope this gets aired. If not, thanks for listening. Um, I really enjoyed your show, and I plan on listening further. Thanks, you guys. Okay. Three people in the family have seen stuff. Mm -hmm. There's something going on. Yeah, that's one where you don't really have to question it anymore of, of the if something is going on. Mm-hmm. And it's, it, you know, it, so many haunting cases that we get or stories that we get are, I saw it and I tell my family or I can't tell anybody and you know, I'm going to get judged. People are going to laugh at me and think I'm crazy. You got that many people seeing it. You got the confirmation. It's there. You know what I find funny, though? It doesn't matter what age you grow up to be. If your parents say they saw it, too. It's just like that, that validity, it's hard for me to say. Yeah, it (laughs) makes it, uh, it makes it that much uh, more real. Yeah, and it doesn't matter. I mean, you can be an adult and have seen it, Mm -hmm. but if you, if your parents said they saw it, that takes it to a whole nother level. Yeah, very, uh, very true. It's just like suddenly it's confirmed and it's real, Mm -hmm. you know. Very interesting story. Thank you for calling in and sharing with us here at Real Ghost Stories online. If you like the show, please support it. Help keep us keep us on the air. Sign up to be an EPP that's an extra podcast person on our website, realghoststoriesonline.com that of course supports the show. You get all those bonus episodes and you keep the thing a-going. And thank you in advance for that. Until next time for Jenny Bruski, I'm Tony Bruski. Thanks for listening to another episode of Real Ghost Stories Online. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.